Let's get sweaty. Welcome to the Shenmue Dojo Show. This is going to be a recap and discussion about the latest episode of Shenmue, the anime entitled Dignified. So first things first, I've gone on dictionary.com to find out the definition of dignified. Apparently it's characterised or marked by dignity of aspect or manner, stately, decorous, decorous possibly. So that then led me to try and work out what decorous or decorous meant which is decorous or decorous categorized by dignified proprietary in conduct manners appearance character etc so there's a couple of new words i'm going to try and slip in today's show somehow but yeah i'm james brown and as ever i'm joined by the dignifiedly decorous matthew oliver (laughs) are you feeling dignified matt (laughs) if dignified describes me or not but yeah i'm good man um buzzing off of that episode how's it going it's going good yeah that was a proper proper good episode on it there and we obviously we just come out the stream there i don't know if it's just the shenmue 2 rose tinted glasses or like we're saying we've for some reason it feels like we've seen more of shenmue 1 so the shenmue 1 adaptation whilst still amazing it's like on another level now with shenmue 2 is that just like the excitement kicking in that we've seen stuff that we know in our heart of hearts that the majority of people out there perhaps never got into if they you know they're coming off the the shoes of Shenmue One perhaps they didn't end up getting Shenmue Two or you know they they stopped playing around the Falklift area or whatever and so <laughs> it's like kind of exciting now that possibly those people are watching the series and they're going to see some of the stuff that we've been you know pining for and you know some of the stuff that made us so supportive of the series that we ended up propelling forward into a Shemu 3 it's like you know what what have they seen in Shemu that I, I haven't seen perhaps they might see that now it's you know it's the exciting side of things potentially right yeah i mean the episode itself is is my favorite by by a mile i think they they hit the ground running paced it nicely yes you lose some of the game bits which i know might bother some people which is fair enough i understand it i get it and, and nothing will replace shenmue 2 as a game for me but this anime episode if there's anything to go by going forward we are in for an absolute treat the bar has been raised and it has been raised huge time and time again it's been raised doesn't it you're going through the first five episodes and we're like the first episode's amazing second episode's amazing I don't want to say we're biased or anything, but it, it, it is. It seems like it's it's getting better, you know. Especially now, I, and I really don't know how. Obviously, we're going to get into it in a moment. But from what they they did in that episode, what they managed to squeeze in, but still keep everything ticking along nicely, back and forth. It's going to be really interesting to see how they take the rest of the Shenmue Two game, adapt it into an anime form that we know and love i'm just really excited to see how they do that as am as am i man I and mean, we are in for an absolute treat i really i mean the story obviously really kicks off with shenmue 2 anyway and i think it probably lends itself better to anime than shenmue 1 but yeah. i'm i'm astounded at what we got tonight and i think judging on the standard that we've already got tonight we are going to be in for an absolute treat for the rest of this 
season and just I just hope we get a season two one way or the other after Shenmue 4 of course of course yeah and it's again just thinking that far ahead it's going to be interesting to see what they were doing in season two as well I don't the pace they're going I mean we've just been saying that they could end up at the end of Shenmue 2 at the end of episode 13 right I mean yeah we, easily. we, we were told judging going off that Crunchyroll Expo panel where they were saying like they've done most of Shenmue 2 to people that know the series, you would instantly think, okay, well, they mean that they've, they're going to wrap up the rooftop scene, the end of Kowloon. But the pace they're going, and the fact that they showed the Gwilin cave sequence at the start of the show, episode one, it could be one of those things we were just mentioning where it could be like the end is the start kind of thing. So mm. it's it's going to be really interesting. But let's just crack on anyway. So unfortunately, for the Shemu's 2 aspect of the series moving forward, the, the actual anime discussion and recap, it's just going to be me and Matt as Titch has a few things going on at the moment. She's not able to commit to the show for the foreseeable future. It's nothing like we're boring her or, or she, <laughs> you know, this, yeah. an aspect of the show that she, she doesn't want to be part of. It's just the fact that she's got something that obviously we don't want to mention, but something's going on and it's unfortunate, but it's completely, you know, it's it's fine. It's it's yeah. not it's not an issue for, for me and Matt anyway. No, but obviously not. if anything does change, you know, we'd have a back in a heartbeat. But you guys are just gonna have to put up with the sweet, dulcet tones of myself and Matt for the time being. <laughs> um, but we, we we do wish Titch well. Uh, yeah. All the best I'll that. second that. Absolutely. Yeah. So in light of that, Matt, could you please Hopefully it's not going to be a 10 minute thing, but if you could get us back up to speed with the quickest recap of the last episode, which was called Equal. Right. This is going to, I'm going to try and do it within less than 10 minutes because last time was, <laughs> was really long. Um, so short story is it's a 70 man battle. So you've got Rio and Guizang fighting um, and Rio's thinking, or oh, hoping that he Goro sees the number 17 that Rio wrote on the floor before the fight. Cuts to Goro having a wee. He sees it and goes, <laughs> oh, hell, pees on himself and then runs over to the Mad Angel's hideout to find Nozomi in there. He runs to find Mai to seek help, gets slapped about a few times, and then they go over to the forklifts out for trading. Mark's there and says, what are you doing? It then cuts back to Rio and Guizan fighting. <laughs> I just I love this. This is like proper English, this, isn't it? Yeah. For, for anyone out there, it's like he shows, you know, Mark's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> So Mark goes, what are you doing? And it cuts yeah. back to um, Rio and Guizan <laughs> fighting. And they take each other out with a swallow dive. And Terry sort of sit there smiling. Meanwhile, Mark in, is talking to Goro and Mai and says, well, I'll help you because neither of you can drive a forklift. Mark then drives a forklift through this, this metal um, door of the Mad Angel's hideout, pins them up against the wall. They piss themselves. Nozomi is saved. They're then leaving on the forklift where they see uh, Rio and Guizang down and Goro starts crying over it and is like, I, I could have helped sooner. Then Rio and Guizang spring up and go, ha, it's all a ruse. And there's a little cut scene that plays where they've actually just missed each other with a swallow dive kick. Goro is, is overjoyed, gets slapped. And then the 70-man battle really sort of kicks off. Um, <laughs> You're doing Goro... a really good job this, to, with this, man. It's, it's, it's amusing. And then, so the 70-man battle kicks off. Um, Goro, Nozomi, Mark, and my leave on the forklift. Rio and Guizang just start tearing the Mad Angels a new one with some of the best fighting we'd seen at this point in, in the series. Cuts to a scene at the edge of the harbour where Nozomi's like, what are we going to do about Rio? You know, we need to help them. Mark makes a decision to go back. 
you then come to the end of the 70-man battle where they're just finishing smashing everybody up. And it's a fight between Terry and Gweezon, which Gweezon wins quite easily. Um, it then cuts to Terry going, wait, you're after Land D. And Rhea goes, yes. It then shows a scene basically where Terry's going, well, we're nothing compared to the two men. And you get this shot of the yellow heads above Hong Kong, which is a fantastic shot. Mm, mm. Cuts to the morning and Guizang and Rio are talking and Guizang's like, what are you going to do next? Rio's like, well, I need to go to Hong Kong. Guizang says, well, leave it with me. Phone me in a few days. I'll help. And at this point, Rio's friends call over and they sort of reunite and say thank yous. It then cuts to a scene, a very short scene, Nozomi running towards Rio. And he she sort of overhears this conversation while, while they're riding back to Dubuita. And this is that point she sort of realizes oh hell like i'm not going to stay in in japan it makes that decision for her to leave rio goes what, you know, what advice do you want she said i've made up my mind it then sort of cuts to rio leaving so he leaves the hazuki dojo uh ine san and fuku san sort of see him off he gets the amulet from nozomi um who there's a nice shot actually of her crying uh, just seeing the tears drop hit the floor as he says oh, i'll see you again someday it cuts then to Alpha Trading, where Rio is resigning, not getting fired. And he says thank you to Mark as well. Mark says, you're continuing your path. Don't let up. Cuts then to Goro and Mai in the scene of them getting married. Um, very much like the games, they announce it and Rio's a bit surprised by this. After all of that, it then cuts to Rio way to the boat. Guizang makes a quip saying, you foolishest knows no bounds, like the games. Mm-hmm. They have a quick chat about going to Hong Kong and Guizang says he's going to come with him. Then you have Chai pull, like knock down a load of steel sort of girders, like smaller ones. The game one where Guizong has has his quads of steel uh, are no longer there, um, <laughs> and his legs like cut up and quite nast- nastily injured. Rio successfully takes out Chai with the swallow dive, and then gets on the boat to Hong Kong, leaving Master Chen and Guizong seeing the boat off, reunited in their father son relationship. And the last scene is Rio going off on the boat saying landy i'm coming wow you've done a great job there again man <laughs> i don't know was that all from memory again that was all from me last watching it on tuesday but yeah because i was just i was thinking i watched it earlier actually i was thinking of these things you know these decisions they've made so like you say about the girder being changed to like six metal bars it makes more sense actually that guizang can kick away a little metal bar you know the girder thing like you say perhaps a little bit more unbelievable. So they've kind of made these little changes, these little liberties and stuff like that to make things make a bit more sense. Yeah, Not that they yeah. didn't not make sense, but they've, they've made it make even more sense mm, moving definitely, forward. Definitely, definitely. Um, but just out of interest, have you, have you like tried to pick up a new language or anything? <laughs> you know? Do, do you know something? I haven't got the mind for it. I have not got the mind for languages at all, but anime stuff. Like, I'm all right with it, seems. It seems like it, yeah. Bloody hell. So I've pulled up the latest episode synopsis here. So again, episode six, Dignified. And this reads, So to unveil the truth behind his father's death, Rio heads to Hong Kong. Rio looking for a person named Li Xiao Tao, but gets his bags taken by the thieves. In the city of Hong Kong, many thugs and thieves walk the streets since everyone is desperate to survive day by day. Rio wanders the city and meets Jiamin. Tao. Didn't realise his, his first name was Tao, actually. No, I didn't. An old man practising Tai Chi at a park and starts sparring with him. Okay. Sorry for the, the broken bloody speaking then. <laughs> Awkward uh, text. 
But yeah, I didn't realize his name was Tao. I mean, I, I'm assuming he's got no relation to Li Xiao Tao, right? Well, you think not all, all Tao at Tao gets store in Shenmue 3? That's true. I didn't think of that. It was the, the family of Tao's. Yeah, it could be. Th- three generations. You've got, I don't know, Mr. Tao is probably the same age as Jan Min, but... Brothers. Um, brothers, yeah. There twin brothers. and Well, not twins. But yeah, so Matt, as usual, initial impressions on this episode as a whole, without going into too much detail, without of course. going into too much detail, it is my favourite episode of, of the series so far. The animation quality takes a massive jump, I think partly because a lot of the story content is in Hong Kong, so it sort of leads with it quite nicely. It does power through the first disc of Shenmue, 95% way through the first disc of Shenmue 2 by the end. I have no complaints by that because what they've done, the way they've organised things has been excellently put together and it did allow some space for things to breathe a little bit. So overall, thoroughly impressed with it. The animation and the artwork is fantastic. 11 out of 10. (laughs) Nice. Well, you've got to think, aren't you? Like every time they've got 20 minutes essentially to do something. Yeah. Yeah, And we know these, what, these eight episodes left. So I'm trying to do some quick maths there, but it's the best part of three hours, and it's it's two hours, 40 minutes, I think. So they know they've got to cover the whole of Shenmue 2 in two hours, 40 minutes. So I think what they did do in this 20 minutes that we're going to get into in a moment is adequate for this episode. I mean, if anything, it felt like maybe we'd, we'd jumped ahead, but the, you'll find out when, when we break it down. I mean, you've probably seen the episode I'm talking but the way they've structured these or this particular Shemu 2 episode is it took me by surprise, I think, because it felt like they'd skipped over certain elements of Shemu 2 that we, we appreciate or, you know, you, you know from the games. But then in doing so, they went back and, you know, achieved something that I thought they'd, they'd skipped over in a different style. So it, it's, it's pretty cool how they, they've decided to go about doing this. So... You know, Rio's on his journey throughout Hong Kong, but he's still on his journey while things are being resolved elsewhere or, you know, things are gradually moving on. And then he meets back up with that stuff and, you know, it carries on there. So we'll get, obviously, we're going to get into it when we start talking about it. But I like how they've done this back and forth because it's it keeps us on our toes, for one. It makes sense for two. And it it, it just it just works. I, I, I just it's weird, isn't it? It's like. You've played the game that much that you're set in your ways, but when you're seeing it in a different form, from a different brain, a different head, this should be here, this should be here, or are we going to do this now and then come back to that? I don't know. It's it's just something about it is um, don't I don't know what the word is. It's not inspiring. I was going to say inspiring, but it's like it's it's just unusual. It's it's not what I, I was expecting. I'm 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 surprised by what we're seeing, but in a good way. Yeah, I am as well. I think, like I said earlier, I think Shenmue Two does lend itself more to, to, to anime than Shenmue 1 but to see a different take on this franchise to see things moved around and it be treated with such respect in terms for the source material it shows in the final product and the quality of the final product the story of the final product and the fact that you know the vast majority of people are, are, are behind this it's trending on Twitter every week for God's sake it's leading the adult swim ratings every week that speaks volumes for it within the community and also by the sounds of it and the looks of it outside of the community, which is exactly what this anime's job was, was to get people interested in Shenmue and hopefully to the games. 
And mm -hmm. so far, I think it's doing a stellar job. I really, I'm really impressed. Yeah, and just another point. I mean, we're not condoning this, but obviously we're in chats, we're in groups where people are talking about it, but that they're seeing that the English dub torrent that you can download is like available within hours after it's been aired. So in a sense, that kind of shows like there's a demand yeah. as well for people watching that particular aspect of the series. So we're watching it on Crunchyroll, paid subscription, watching it in a Japanese dub, but there's people out there that perhaps aren't in the US, Toonami, Adult Swim or whatever, that want to watch it in the English dub. And it's been made available in some form or capacity that we're not condoning or we're not suggesting go out there and find it. But we're just stating the fact that people are looking for it, which is a positive in itself, really, that it's in that high of demand that it's possible <laughs> that that's a thing. It, it only bodes well, I think, also yeah. when you consider merchandise and everything else in between it. I think mm -hmm. you're, they've, they've been very smart with this in how they've put it all together. And I think every episode building on the other, and I do think as a whole, the bar's got better. It's got higher as they've gone along. And as you say, the fact it's ending up on torrent sites. Now, I don't condone it at all, but, and I really do think people who are, you know, wanting to, I know you can't get the English dub in the UK, for example. So there's probably, yeah, there's a little exception to it. I still wouldn't necessarily condone it, but I can see why people do it. Yeah. But I would still, I, I'd highly recommend that people start signing up to Crunchyroll and watching this stuff because that, you know, that's just going to give more momentum to this. And you're not going to miss out. You, 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 they'll tell you what you're missing out on. You're missing out on a damn good anime and a damn exactly. good story. I, I, I think we're never, ever going to be overly critical on it because they're just doing a style of job. I just don't think there's a, a bad word to say about it so far. I think we probably would if there was and there isn't. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's been odd bits that I think we, I've, I've called a few little bits and pieces here and there that I was like mm, a bit disappointed by that. But the overall standard is it, it, mind blowing. It really mm. is. And I, mm -hmm. I can't wait to actually dive into this episode because again, it is ridiculous how good this episode it is. It's ridiculous. I agree, man. So, right, before we get into that, just this episode, we're going to chuck a piece of music in at the start here. So I thought it might be quite fitting to play the opening music to Shenmue 2, obviously in game form. So here it is. It's called Boundless Lands, and it is, of course, from Shenmue 2's OST.
Welcome back, that was Boundless Lands. And you can find that on the Shemi 1 and 2 sound collection as well. You can find on Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Just search for well, search for Shemu and it'll come up, no doubt. But right, Matt, let's hop into Dignified. Okay, so the opening scene to Dignified is the boat to Hong Kong, of course. So Rio is on the boat to Hong Kong. He's looking at the photograph of his father and Zhao Ming. And then as he looks out to sea, we've got sort of like a montage of flashbacks. So this is quite cool. So it's like, it kind of is like it is a second season, although it's part of the same season as the Shemi 1 aspect. It's just cool that they've um, they've chosen to this. So you've got your, your frame around these flashback shots here. And obviously it's like all the important aspects from the first game in anime form. So you've seen young Ryo and his father. You've seen Landy murdering Iwao. You've seen the Chens, Yamagashi-san, Goromai, Charlie, tearing the Mad Angels. And obviously then Ryo and Guizang subsequently defeating them. You've got Nozomi with Ryo before he leaves for Hong Kong. And then finally you've got Ryo getting the face cut from Landy which then leads to Rio touching his plaster, which is it's quite a cool aspect, actually. So it's like it worked as flashbacks for us, but those were like his memories as he was looking at this photograph. He was looking at why he's on this journey, perhaps. And these are the things that have led to, obviously, Landy giving him his scar and like mm. that is where the journey began almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much. So as we're arriving to Hong Kong, we, we hear that the boat horn blaring. This is as Rio arrives on the boat steps into Hong Kong, so it's like very familiar start Shemu 2. You see Rio stepping down the steps and it's got the same sort of pan of the camera from his his trainers up to his face. It looks noticeably different somewhat to what we see in the game in terms of like surroundings. There's no welcome sign or free stay lodge. The harbour's much wider. Yeah. Um, we noticed at the time it felt like this could potentially be like they did in the Shemu 1 aspect of like a real life Yokosuka. This could be a real life Hong Kong. I've never been there, so I, I, I don't know. But just how it feels like they've changed a few aspects to certain environments anyway. And then we see shots of bustling streets. We've got tall buildings, men working at the port. And this leads to Rio saying, so this is Hong Kong, basically. And then it cuts to a flashback of Master Chen telling Rio that he does not know of Iwanda Zhu's whereabouts, but he can introduce Rio to someone that might know. Immediately after, and this is like what I was saying, like it's just it's just going full speed ahead. It's not skipping stuff, but it's like it's it's bringing stuff in already, and then going. It'll you'll see what I mean. It'll go back a, a little bit, but we see Joy speeding towards Rio on a motorbike, yelling at him to move. After nearly sending him flying, she warns that he needs to look sharp. Joy then realizes that Rio's a foreigner, softens even more when he says that he knows a little bit of Cantonese. She warns Rio again that he needs to keep his ass moving or he will get run down, and then warns him about pickpockets, which is uh, <laughs> leading on to something we know all very well. And then Joy speeds off on her way. So yeah, like I say, it's a little bit different. That The scene's happening right here. He's literally just come off the boat, so normally you'd get the little kid and the guy playing the fiddle or whatever. Yeah. You know, can you spare a, a dollar or whatever? It, it's cut all of that out, so it's it actually has cut out the, the mother and the daughter as well from the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cut out the people trying to scam him a little bit at the start, the free stay lodge, the arm wrestling, and all of that's been cut. And Joy's instantly almost ran him over. I don't know what she's doing right by where the boat is, anyway. <laughs> True. <laughs> True, but um, yeah. So that's where we're at, Matt. So it sort of then picks up 
and Rio's obviously got off the boat and he's walking down a back street near the water um, checking over the dress of Lee Chautau. Um It looks like it's Beverly Hills Wharf or, or something very similar anyway. He's then distracted by a young boy who runs around the corner um, and asks him for help as they're going to kill him. And we know this young boy as Wong and we know what's about to happen next. Rio's then approached by Cool Z, Sam and Larry, who demand that Rio hand the boy over, hand Wong over. Rio gets himself into fighting stance, throws his bag on the floor, while saying, new town and a new country, but the same old pieces of trash, which did make <laughs> me laugh a little bit. It's a good good line. Yeah, it's a good line, and it's very different from Rio, because in the games, he's like, right, that's it. I'll, I'll um, He says, I'm not the ones who are going to get hurt here, or something like that. Um, but here he's, it's a bit more of a quip, which I quite quite like. So the gang then realise Rio is Japanese from his accent. And while distracted by this conversation, one grabs the bag and throws it towards the gang, very reminiscent of the games. And they leg it. Uh, Rio chases after them, but he's slowed by a falling pile of crates blocking his path. He sort of jumps over them. He's still chasing Larry, who has his bag, but soon loses sight of him into the bustling city when he leaves the alleyway. And then he repeats what he says earlier. So this is Hong Kong. It's like a proper mm, welcome yeah. to Hong Kong, mate. You're out of your depth. Yeah, within seconds, really. <laughs> yeah, within within seconds. And, I, I mean, we know that in the game you lose all your money. But it sort of then moves into the opening titles. There's no changes to it. It's the same music and the same um, artwork there. And this is a new scene. We sort of come into the Hong Kong Police Department. So Rio, having had his father murdered... <laughs> um, has finally gone to the police for an unrelated matter. Yeah, I mean, in, obviously, in Shemu one aspect, Ine-san was it that phoned the police and got the police involved a little bit? They came to yeah. the property and, you know, Rio was a bit stubborn. He didn't want them involved. But still, they covered the police aspect. So those people that were saying, like, why didn't he just phone the police? That was covered yeah. in the Shemu one side of things. And then even now in Shemu 2, it's like his bag's been stolen. If there was anyone that said, why not ring the police? Again, they're covering that aspect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Funny. So he, he sat in the police office and he got a shot of the um, Hong Kong flag because it was a British territory in the 80s, if, mm-hmm. if people don't remember that. So it's the old Hong Kong flag with the, with the Union Jack in, in the top left corner. It's good detail, that is actually. Good yeah, point. it's a very good detail in there. Um, very reminiscent and of the games as well, because I think you can see Union Jacks in, in, the, in the Dreamcast release, but I don't think they're in the in the new release. Is that like um, the Golden Quarter yeah. where you can see those flags? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Cool. So he's sat in the police office and he's reporting the theft of his bag. And the officer he's sort of talking to isn't really that much help. Um, he sort of says, well, pickpocketing is quite common. And he asks Rio how much money he lost. And now this is a change from the game because Rio confirms that he still has his most precious items in his pocket. So unlike the games mm. where you walk into Hong Kong with about 3,000 Hong Kong dollars thinking, right, big spender, I'm loaded. And it's money nicked <laughs> in the first 20 minutes. Um, he has all his money. So, Well, you've loaded up on lighters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't know that at the time, did we? No, that's true. The first time you play. So I'm just wondering then, Matt. So what has he got in his bag then? So it must be sort of clothes, photographs, and God knows, it's probably just basic stuff, I, I would imagine. So just going off on that, I don't want to spoil the rest of the episode, but does he need to find his bag now? Does he? Do you think he's going to get it back, as, or is this could be a way of the anime removing that aspect? Possibly. I mean, like this burden that he carries yeah. and never gets it back. Perhaps. I mean, we also know that Rio doesn't ever change his clothes, so he doesn't really mm. need a bag. But on a serious point, I think 
I mean, he yeah, there will be clothes and stuff in there, so he does need it in that respect. But in terms of the most precious yeah. items, his money and, and documents and all the rest of it, obviously he's kept hold of them, so it's fine. And the mirror. And the mirror, yeah. He the officer actually makes a passing comment that Rio's Cantonese is okay to get by, and the officer sort of says to Rio, "I'll get in touch if they have any luck finding stuff." And he asks Rio where he's staying, and Rio's like, "Well, I haven't actually mm. decided about this yet." And the officer then tells Rio to come back when he's found a place to stay. It's interesting because, like, knowing a little bit of Japanese, I, d- I didn't hear any Cantonese ever. So it's like they were using Japanese still, like even the, these Cantonese speakers, but picking up on the aspect that he, he can speak Cantonese. So I don't know if the, the, the at least the Japanese dubbier was trying to make out that Rio was speaking Cantonese, even though it was dubbed Japanese, if, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think that's what... So that he was able to communicate. So it's like it's it's a way of the writers to say, this is how he can speak to these people that are obviously Cantonese speakers. But now we've told you that fact, we don't need to brush upon it again. He's just speaking... Everyone's speaking Japanese because it's a Japanese dub. And if you ever question why is everyone speaking Japanese, we've told you that... They're not. They're speaking Cantonese. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I know exactly what you're saying there. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's make believe. You can sort of get away with it, I suppose. And I know Suzuki said, "Was asked the question, is, oh, it's a game. It's it is what it is." Um, but I think yeah. it's establishing that Rio knows some Cantonese. Just it just sort of keeps that in the back of your mind. So it's a good little mm-hmm. idea. It's a good idea, and I think people are quite happy to run with it. Um, yeah, yeah, good shout. Okay, so we're getting some shots of Hong Kong here. We see shots of hotels, quick succession showing Rio desperately trying to find somewhere to stay, and the staffers all tell him that they're fully booked. Rio then steps out of one hotel and says he's not having much luck and that Hong Kong is not the most easygoing place. We're getting that, that fresh fish out of water. Yeah, <laughs> the, very much. The term phrases, do you know what I mean, where it's like it's, he's, uh, he's struggling with his new environment. But then he looks at the Phoenix mirror, considering himself lucky that the pickpockets didn't manage to get it when they stole his bag. And then he resigns to the fact that his search for Li Xiao Tao and Zhu Yanda is not going to be easy, which is fair enough. So we start seeing more shots of Hong Kong showing intense traffic, crowds of people, and Rio's seen asking around for directions. And whilst getting his whereabouts, we've got this familiar sort of environment now where Rio notices an elder gentleman performing Tai Chi in a park, which we know as Lotus Park. And this is all happening beneath a tree, Striking red leaves, of course, we, we know it very well from the games. Rio's instantly curious and approaches the man, and we know the man as Jamin Tao. Again, didn't realise his surname was Tao, but <laughs> okay. So Jamin notices that Rio is a foreigner and asks if he can speak Cantonese. He also instantly recognises Rio as a martial artist from his poise. He then asks questions of what style of martial arts Rio undertakes based on this. Rio doesn't actually tell him. But Rio says he's looking for someone, prompting Jamin to tell Rio that sometimes the best method to find someone is to just to simply stop looking, which don't really know what he's getting at there, because if you stop looking, <laughs> you're never going to find him. you kind of stuffed, aren't you? <laughs> Unless he means himself, I guess. So he then asks Rio to spar, but Rio hesitates as he believes Tai Chi is not fighting with. But still, Jamin presses on and Rio begins to spar with him. So that kind of happens in the game, right? Yeah, it does, yeah. 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 So Xiamen swiftly dodges all of Rio's moves, eventually getting the advantage over Rio. And during the fight, Rio has dropped the letter from Master Chen on the floor, which Xiamen picks up and Rio asks him where the Yantin apartments are. And then Rio promptly leaves once he finds out and Xiamen fails to stop him. Xiamen tells himself that he didn't have a chance to ask what style he uses. Yeah, I... 
it's very much spot on to the games this this little section here isn't it with a, with a few little additions with the letter and a couple of twists yeah i think in this scene in the game he he finds out he does hazuki jujitsu right yeah he tells yeah he tells because it's the end of the scene that he's he does that jujitsu thing mm-hmm. right yeah, that's exactly it. And then, but obviously here they've they've changed it up a bit, which is fine. I I, I don't mm-hmm. see the issue with that at all. It just I think it just fits the storytelling a little bit yeah. better. And again, it, it it's that thing where it's like it skips ahead, but then comes back. So so it still resolves that. Mm. Just just later on. Later. Yeah. Yeah. So. We then cut to the Yantin apartments, and the exterior looks very reminiscent of the games, although there's a parked car outside the front of it, so it obviously looks like it's off the main road, which is slightly different to the games. Mm. Graffiti on the wall is very similar, and the the sign is the same. Uh, Rio is then stood inside by the mailboxes, trying to work out which apartment is Li Xiao Tao's. And again, you can see the interior is nigh on -on one-to-one to the games. It's spot on. And a lady called out to him from the stairwell, who we know as Gui Zhang Li. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but uh, I've always said Quicksang, but <laughs> Quicksang. You know the the old yeah. lady, anyway. Yeah. Um, and she mistakes him for a land shark, and who obviously trying to keep make her leave her flat or apartment. And then she sort of twigs that Rio isn't one of them and is just a tourist. Does she actually say land shark though? Because I felt like I didn't pick that up in the answer. Sure, in the I'm pretty sure she did. Okay. Fairly okay. certain she called him a land shark, and the, which does make the question actually we might we might get that later. We might get the land shark bit later, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. If, if she did mention that, then that's fair enough. But obviously, I've only just watched it, mm. and I'm trying to read chat. I'm trying to read the subtitles and stuff. I didn't pick up on that at the time. So she says, "Are you a tourist?" And Rio says, "Well, no. I'm actually looking for Li Xiaotao," and she says that Li Xiaotao is not somebody that a tourist like Rio can meet. And Rio then asks where they can find him. Again, it's very much Rio's assuming that it's a, a man who is the martial arts master here. But Li Xiaotao does not live at the Yantin Apartments anymore. And she says to Rio to go to the Manmo Temple, which you're mm. sort of cutting out a lot, a large section. Um, well, I say large section. A section of the game where you go up and speak to that bloke at the apart- the old address of the apartment who tries to charge you money if you want to mm-hmm. try and get some information. And you go through into Wise Man's Hunting, Manmo, whatever, which eventually takes you to Scarlet Hills and Manmo Temple, which is where we end up. Yeah, and which, like I say, you've you've skipped him getting the bag back. Yeah, um, in this scene and staying at the Come Over Guest House and working with Dalin and stuff. All this has been skipped, but we shall see in a moment. We kind of go back. <laughs> we so do. We skip it ahead to skip back. We do. So we end up at Manmo Temple. And we see the shots of the stairs leading to Temple from, from Scarlet Hills. Uh, again, it very it feels very much like the games. Uh, he makes his way through the main sort of doors of the temple. You get this beautiful shot of the sign and the front of the temple with the um, it's got the steel sort of gate in front of it, which I'm told is reminiscent of the actual temple in Hong Kong. So again, I think that's a really nice touch. They've done that goes inside the temple and it's a bit smoky from from the candles um in the games it's not quite so much but it is sort of that you can see it's very sooty on the walls and things like that and a lady stood praying at the altar who we know is Zhuing. um and she starts leaving as rio comes in also known as li xiaotao i should add mm-hmm. rio sort of gets her attention and tells her that he's looking for someone called li xiaotao and asks if she knows him she says there is She's only there to pray and can't help Rio, which is 
very similar, slightly different wording to the games, but it's the same idea, same dress and everything. And I, I found Zhuing's eyes are piercing. I, there's something about her eyes that tell a story. I was really impressed with that, actually. I was um, taken aback on stream quite how much they focused on her eyes in, in, in a conversation we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. So as, as she leaves, a monk calls out to Rhea, who we know as Han Hui Liu. And he asks Rio um, if he is looking for Li Xiaotao. Rio grabs his introduction letter from Master Chen, hands it to Han Hui, but he says, look, it's not enough to get you a meeting. He must not rush. When the time is right, what will be will be. So it's a different twist on being told, do you know the four wood or woodoo? And Rio then goes off on his merry way. So he leaves the temple and notices that the lady, Zhuing Li Xiaotao, is outside. At this point, Rio obviously doesn't know who she is. And she asks Rio if he found the person he is looking for, to which he responds, no. Rio then asks, why are you at the temple? And she says there's a wish that she would like to be granted. And she's been praying at the temple for a long time. This seems slightly different because it's shot, I believe, at the bottom of the stairs of Scarlet Hills into Wiseman Quarter, whereas here it's in the temple ground. It's the same scene. They've just moved it a little bit, which, yeah, no, they've no done that a couple issue. of times, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's, contextually, it, does, it doesn't really make a difference. Her eyes flash as she senses Rio also has a wish. And Rio asks how she knows this. And she says that he's been so consumed by his desire that he's becoming blind to what stands before him. I love that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we know who she is. But Rio is blinded, impatient, and wanting to find out what, why his father was killed and potentially seek, seek revenge that his judgment's clouded. It's the first time we've really seen that, actually. And he thinks the master's a man. <laughs> yeah, so, so. He, again, he's, he's judging, yeah, judging a book by its cover, isn't he, essentially? Yeah. And then he sort of, as he continues his search, he's losing sight of what really matters. And this sort of makes Rio touch his plaster, which, again, I think is quite symbolic that actually he's like, vengeance vengeance find out truth find out truth without sort of being able to take in the wider world he's very he's almost got tunnel vision in, yeah, in this well, i think well every time they show him touching his pastor it's like he's thinking of landy isn't it and he's his yeah. father and so they don't even have to say that just show him touching his plaster and you know you get the context kind of thing there but they did the scene really well i think and the whole interior of the temple looks spot on possibly even more like the real life Mamu Temple. Yeah, I would say so. Looking at the sort of pictures of it on on um, Google, I'd say it's closer to the closer to the real one than the game. But the game was quite an accurate. The game is pretty much itself. accurate. Yeah, from what I've seen and what I've heard. Um, yeah, so spot on. So Rio's back in Lotus Park with Jamin under the striking red tree again, and Jamin tells Rio that he never imagined that Rio would be looking for Basta Lee Chateau. He asks if Rio is in some sort of trouble, to which Rio doesn't respond, but Jamin offers Rio a hint. So he asks Rio to watch him closely and he performs a blow to the tree, which is this familiar iron palm sort of stuff there, and lots of leaves slowly fall around them. Jamin confirms the move is called the iron palm, performed by unleashing your full strength in a single strike by channeling it through your arms and legs. So he asks Rio to practice it by striking the flame tree in front of them, and when Rio has become good enough at the move to cover the ground and leaves, it's only then that Jamin will give him the hint. So this is like them doing the full voodoo without actually... Yeah. I don't think they've used the word voodoo yet. No, that they comes, haven't. That comes in a moment. So Rio accepts the offer and punches the tree, but he only manages to get one leaf to fall. So sensing the difficulty of the task, he asks if he really must cover the entire ground 
which makes Jianmin laugh. Yeah, I like that. He's got a bit of a cheeky chappy to him, Jianmin. It's quite. I like the the added character to him. He's 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 nice in the games. I think he's quite a good character, but there's a bit more to him here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like they fleshed him out because, like you say, he's he's got quite a, a fairly big role at this point in the game. But they've added a bit more character to him. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So it's Hong Kong at dusk now, and Joy's running through the streets on a motorbike, and she spots Wong stood by the side of the road. She kind of looks a bit like Golden Quarter, I thought. Yeah, from I memory. So. Stops beside him. She asks him what he's up to, and claims the cops will be after him if he loiters around like he is. He tells her to shove off, and she asks him why he is acting so pissy. He says that he pulled off a smooth swipe on a mark, which he's, he's meaning Rio. But all of that stuff was worthless junk, apparently, from his bag. So, like you say, it probably is clothes and stuff. So, Joyce says she can't believe that still people in Aberdeen stupid enough to fall for Wong's tricks. But Wong confirms it was a Japanese tourist that he stole from. Which, at this point, I think Joy realised <laughs> who Wong had stolen from, basically. Yeah. Even though I was I was trying to make the point that the, the ship had actually come from Japan. So, obviously, there's going to be more than one Japanese tourist. But we only know the, the one Japanese tourist that... Joy nearly ran over, which was Rio. So, <laughs> so we then go into Lotus Park again. So this has been going on sort of while Wong and Joy have been chatting. And do you think it's a different time, or he's still in the park? I think he hasn't left. I think it, okay. I think it's insinuated yeah. he hasn't left, and he okay. still can't get more than one leaf to fall. And Jamin sort of sat there smiling and laughing at him, and he mm. asks if there's a trick Rio does to see that he's not guessing. And Jamin says the key to practice kung fu on top of even more kung fu and there's no need for Rio to rush and he will master in due course which is very sort of similar to what he said in the games and um, he says you need kung fu and more kung fu and more kung fu and Rio sort of cuts and goes ah, I understand and then like starts sort of practicing the, the the iron palm again so it's hmm. a slight twist on it very similar and works really well Rio tells Jiamin that he doesn't have time to be doing this and Jiamin asks if he thought it would be as easy as fixing up instant noodles which I think is a random but quite funny analogy there yeah, um, yeah. But, and again it's it's another sort of hint of Rio's impatience that they're, they're starting to bring that in now because in, in Shenmue 1 it's all about his friendships and all the rest of it whereas now his friendships are gone they're not there he's in a strange foreign country and he's showing his impatience his impetuous side which it's very evident in the games. It's very evident in Shenmue 2 when, when he's going through trying to investigate his father's murder. And it's mentioned all the way through. So they're obviously starting that theme now. Rio says there's a reason that he needs to meet Master Tao as soon as possible. Jianmin walks away from Rio to suggest it would be better if Rio relied on someone else for help. He reminds Rio that he won't find martial arts in Hong Kong that are equivalent to instant noodles. <laughs> and then this is really cool, this is actually. He clenches his fist and closes his eyes, does Rio. And it flashes back to him training with his father, learning the elbow assault. Um, so yeah. there's a kid, he's, Rio is a kid learning it. Then it cuts to another scene with Rio in his jacket with his father that doing the elbow assault. A bit older. Yeah. yeah. And then he sort of, it sort of in, I know, inspires him to carry on punching the tree, and which he goes and does. So that he's there again doing iron palm on the tree. It is cool, that is, because it's like, Obviously, that was a flashback within a flashback, but it's a flashback we've never seen before, not even yeah. in the game. So yeah. it's like just adding that additional context, you know, extra scenes and stuff like that for fans that know the the games inside out. It's like it, it just adds more, doesn't it? It's it's mm. those are the type of scenes I, I really appreciate them covering. Yeah. So we then come to sort of Hong Kong at night, 
Um, and Rio is passing by the Lingling Porridge. It looks like it, although it looks like the location has been moved, I think, to White Dynasty. It didn't feel like Queen Street because Queen Street in the games has got all the red bricks or British looking houses. Yeah. Whereas here it looks a bit more run down. It looked a bit well, this, more... It just looked like they were just drinking off yeah. the side of a, a wall, didn't it? Yeah, Rather than a place. Sat, sat yeah. at a table. So it's same idea, different different location. Yeah. Um, so he's passing by and two men sat outside get Rio's attention. They haven't seen him before. And we know these men as the Poison Brothers. Rio tries to make a quick getaway, but they keep sort of pressing him. And they say they can tell Rio everything there is to know about Hong Kong. So led on by this, he asks of a cheap place to stay. One of them says, how the hell do I know? So Rio walks off and they call Rio back, annoyed that he's just asked a question and left and say he needs to show appreciation and to cough up with some cash. Rio refuses and they start to attack Rio. And he sort of blocks, he gets his translation book broken actually in one punch or blocks it and then like pushes them off in sort of an X block move and then sort of gets ready into fighting stance. And at this point, Joy speeds through the middle of them, intervening on her bike, very similar again to the games. She breaks mm-hmm. the fight up and the brothers sort of leave, say, oh, we'll cut you some slack, let you off the hook today. Joy asks if Rio is having fun goofing around and notices that his bag is missing. And last one, Rio was confirmed. It's been stolen by four guys, one of them being a kid. Right. Again. Okay, so there's there's your contacts for the scene of Joy yep. speaking to Wong. And like I say, it's 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 cool how they do, they've done this. They've worked forward and then they're working back again, aren't they? So they're not skipping over stuff. Like at the time, it felt like they'd skipped the whole bag thing, but now they're going back again. And Yeah, they, they hadn't yeah. forgot about it. And mm. again, it's just it, the fact they reordered it, but it works, is, is actually it's, it's testament to Impressive. the writing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, very well written, I think. So Joy instantly recognizes who Rio means and suggests that the kid is Wong, and he asks her where Wong might be, and she says she doesn't know, and even if that she did, she wouldn't tell him. Rio challenges her, asking why she would cover for a thief, and he says after seeing Rio fighting with the Poison Brothers, Rio is clear is clearly a tough guy, and she doesn't want Wong to get hurt by Rio. She ta- then sort of cuts into a scene here where she's telling Rio about Wong, that he's an orphan. He's never met his own parents, which actually is contextualised, I think, in some of the character bios in Shenmue 2. And I know Stuart did did the big character bio database of Shenmue 2 a few years back, which you need yeah. to check out if you haven't done already. Um, there's a lot of orphans anyway, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of orphans. I mean, it's this running theme a little bit here in Shenmue, isn't it? Like orphans and family and not like fathers and not seeing mm. them or they die or whatever. So it's another addition to that. And he's basically, he's doing what he has to do to survive in Hong Kong because he never met his parents. He was orphaned at a young age. And that anything goes in the city of Hong Kong and desperation has increased since the UK is about to hand Hong Kong back over to China, which happened in, I think, the mid-90s to late-90s. I can't remember the year. 1997 rings a bell for some reason, but I'm probably wrong on my history there. So do you think they were... Obviously... I don't know much about the history, but were they talking about that happening in 87 or is that just something yeah, they've added for... They they were talking about it then because the handover talks were, were happening for, for years before right. that point. Because um, okay. I think it was a British territory for 100 years by the time they handed it over, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but again, my history might be a bit hazy on that, so someone can also correct me if I'm wrong. No, it's interesting that they're, they're covering those sort of details and stuff as well. It's... Yeah, it, I, I, like I was saying, I, I, apart from the first episode, I don't know if they've actually touched upon what year the game's set in. No. So at this point, if you're a new viewer, I'm not sure if you're still following that it's set in the 80s. So actually, the Hong Kong aspect of things 
it feels a lot more eighties than perhaps the Japan side of things did. You know, the, yeah. the way people's clothing looks, just the way the environments look. It, it, it looks a lot more old fashioned than perhaps the Japan aspect did. Anyway, I think I think you're right in that respect, and that added context around the UK and the handover and and all the way it's presented. I just think it adds that that context, that feel of the eighties, which I think Shenmue Japan felt more homely. But again, I think that's very reminiscent of the games as well. Funnily enough, it then cuts to a very short flashback to a young girl to buy a man both in shadow and the girl is crying, which I suspect is joy and might hark to the comics section where Greasing saves her later on, just as a sort of side point there. So that could well possibly come up in conversation, maybe. We'll okay. see. I, I kind of missed the scene, so I didn't really... Why is she crying? Did we know? Or... It didn't really say. Just She was stood next to a guy and she was crying. So, so you don't think it was alluding to like she's an orphan as well? Well, there's the, I don't know if it's necessarily that or like a, a difficult relationship with parents possibly. Yeah. But I think her father works with all knows Master Chen, so I think that's quite how they worked it out. But we'll see. It's an interesting point, all the same. Joy sort of continues to say, if you get screwed on a raw deal, you just got to accept it as the law of the land. She then suggests that it won't make sense for tourists like Rio, but that's just how it is. Rio accept the fact that he's a tourist. And as he walks off, Joy asks he has a place to stay yet. And he says he'll sleep outside if he must. And Joy's like, well, all right, I'll do you a favour, which sort of cuts into the next scene. Yeah, where Joy's offering to help Rio to find a place to stay. So she actually takes him to come over guest house and tells him to mention her name for a discount. So we've got what seemed like they might have overlooked it, might may have skipped past it, but they like I say, they, they keep going forward and backwards and stuff. So it works really well, actually, that now he's, you know, it's nighttime outside, so he needs a place to stay. The context we had earlier that he couldn't find anywhere to stay, and now the fact that he's he's met Joy, Joy can kind of like prompt him to, <laughs> to stay at this place and get room for the night, which is like very fitting with the game. So Rio thanks Joy for help, goes inside. It's very dark. The receptionist doesn't really acknowledge Rio. He looks doesn't look spot on like the guy in the come over guest house. I think his name's Ren Dan or something like that from memory, but you can tell it's the same guy. But you know, it's it's not a one to one, I would say anyway. But he says there's no vacancies, and then Rio mentions Joy's name, and suddenly the man gives in and a room is suddenly available. So he throws Rio a key and then Rio makes himself a home in room 203, which again is pretty much a spitting image. I'm finding that the interiors of wherever Rio is are spot yeah, on to the games, definitely. and perhaps the exteriors are a bit more true yeah, to life. Which works really well. Yeah. So Rio opens the window in the hotel room and looks outside, and Joy, still waiting below, is glad to see that Rio has been sorted with the room. Rio finally remembers to tell Joy his name, and she speeds away. So they could have done that. Oh, I suppose that's that's like the next day, isn't it, where he goes to work for Dallin, yeah. and she says something about something in Chinese, don't she? She says, I hope you've dreamt about me or something. Yeah, it's a bit weird, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah. Yeah. They could have done that there, but I don't know if, it, if it's at this point or perhaps a little bit later, but I think you mentioned that she's kind of got the hots for him already, you can tell. Yeah, she definitely has. It's quite obvious. And that's then, I think, played on a bit more later on. But Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get to that point. Yeah, and then we get a really brief scene now. I don't know if this was just to say, like, oh, you know, Shenfor's still a thing, don't forget. But we're back in Guilin, it's Shenfor's house, 
and Shenfor has actually stood under a tree outside her home looking up at the branches. She's overjoyed that there are new flower buds growing on it. So I'm trying to think like date-wise in the game, I don't think it's quite getting to spring yet. So you were saying that the buds could be like an indication that things are progressing. Um, yeah. Rio's getting closer, so it's like... So what's going on with this? I'm, I'm assuming it's the Shemu tree, right? It, yeah, looking at, so. it is Shemu tree, yeah. So whether there's something happening there where the closer he gets, the more in bloom the leaves are, I don't know. Or it is just time passing. I mean, I just know. a fun theory on my part. It would be quite symbolic for it to happen that as Rio gets sort of closer, the tree ends up in full bloom. Because I know Shenmue 3 starts in March. I can't remember the exact yeah. date in March. Which is typical, because we're seeing cherry blossoms in bloomish about about now like I, i've seen yeah. a couple already mm. um around where i where i work these are these are a few trees that are pretty much not quite there yet but getting there anyway so this then skips from the chamfer scene back into lotus park rio is still trying to make the leaves fall from the tree jamin appears behind him and he's joking that he thought rio would have quit by now so jamin notices that rio is making progress because more leaves are starting to fall as he punches and Ryo then asks what form of martial arts he's performing, and Jamin confirms that it's Chen-style Tai Chi. So obviously this is the same sort of thing from the game where he didn't realise that Tai Chi could be used to attack. Mm. So Jamin tells Ryo that most styles start with focus and progress into gentleness, whereas Tai Chi, on the, on the other hand, starts with gentleness and develops into force. And then he continues to tell Ryo that a true purpose of martial arts got nothing to do with blindly inflicting harm upon others. So we're seeing like Rio learning these. He hasn't had many. He's had Yamagashi Sananti in the park mm. and the first thing. Yeah. Maybe Master Chen. I don't didn't, didn't really teach him another move. Maybe Swallow Dive that he knows off by art at this point. Yeah. But um, this is probably the first time he's actually learning a different type of martial arts, perhaps, and mm. a different sort of mindset from it as well related yeah. to it. So, based on what Jamin's told him, he kind of understands. And, you know, as we see in, in a short while, he's going to turn that back into him taking on this tree <laughs> as his, uh, it's kind of the boss fight at the moment. So then we cut to a Hong Kong side street, and this is a new scene as well. And Rare is chatting with Droy in a dark side street, and he tells that he wants his bag back from Wong, so he hasn't forgotten about it. Yep. Um, Joy refuses to tell him where Wong is again, and Rio says there's nothing in his bag that is worth any money. He then promises that he will not harm Wong, and there's a glint in Rio's eye that confirms to Joy that he, you know, that he actually means what he said and he's going to do. So then we cut to a familiar scene here, Pigeon Park, and it does look pretty similar to the games in, in that respect. I'd have to watch it again to sort of confirm any little changes here or there, but I think broadly it's very similar. Wong is sat on a uh, on the fountain at Pigeon Park, and he's watching a father and son together on the bench, spending some time together, We're playing on his orphan roots here. Rio approaches mm. him from, from behind and shouts Wong, and he makes a run for it when he realises who it is. Uh, he then chases Wong through the back streets. Um, they knock over the waitress that Rio managed to sort of catch at the last second. It's very reminiscent of the games. They're running a through QT that cafe. Fight, yeah. Yeah. Sort of, and if you don't get it, you sort of drop it. All the stuff goes everywhere. And it stops Rio, tries to stop Rio in his tracks by knocking down sort of piles of bamboo, which again, I think similar in the game, doesn't work. It makes it back to where Coolsy, Sam and Larry are hanging out and he claims they're in trouble as the Japanese guy is back. And they like, they can't believe it. 
and they they sort of talk amongst themselves briefly. Like, holy shit, he's back. They then try to attack Rio and are swiftly not back. And he pins a cowering Coolsy Larry into some crates and asks where he his bag is. But he doesn't cause any damage. He uses like the iron palm and the Tai Chi just to basically disarm them. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, that's cool. Doesn't actually hit them, does he? No, and they're sort of cowering because obviously Rio clearly is a better fighter than them, but hasn't sort of taken advantage of that. Whereas I do wonder where, as his journey's gone on in, in the anime, whether he, if that was in at home in Japan, he probably just kicked the shit out of them. Yeah, and in, in the games, he does. He beats them up, oh yeah, and then like grabs one of them by the throat and says, "Now then, where's my bag?" It's different here. Again, it's it, it fits really well. Um, one little criticism I have of this, and I think people who have done martial arts will know this. One of the first things you're taught in martial arts is um, you're not you're not supposed to use it without consideration. It's designed as self-defense rather than to go out beating people up. So Rio's reaction to being told that was a bit of a surprise, but maybe that's because he's you know, on his vengeance thing and sort of almost forgotten one of the virtues of, of, of studying martial arts. But just a, a point I thought it sort of stood out a little bit for me, but it's, it's a minor criticism at, at best. So, yeah, we'll see how they play on it going forward. So you cut then to the houseboats on the water where Wong lives. Um, the first shot, actually, there's uh, Bonanza Brothers, big sort of toy capsules in Wong's boat, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, that's a proper Sega Easter egg. Yeah, it? proper, proper Easter egg there. And then Wong says there's nothing in Rio's bag worth from cash, so everything's intact. Gives it him back and asks Rio not to go to the police about it. Rio just says he wants his bag back and tells him to be careful who he steals from next time. And that then leads us back to Lotus Park. So back in Lotus Park again, Rio's still determined to get the leaves to fall from the flame tree again. With a heavy blow, he finally manages to make the tree rain with leaves. Luckily, Jamin's there to witness it. But Jamin's always there anyway. So. Yeah, he doesn't leave. <laughs> to be expected, he doesn't leave that park. So Jamin tells Rio that his diligence in life has given Rio the mastery of a voodoo. So this is, is this the first time we actually hear the word voodoo in this episode? It is, I think yes. It is, right. So obviously in the game, that's your quest, and you go off to try and find the full voodoo to basically meet Shuing. But in this, they're kind of doing it gradually. So we've got the first voodoo called Gone which is train yourself each and every day without neglect. If Ryo can prove his deep understanding and devotion to martial arts, then Master Tao will be prepared to meet with Ryo. And as a thanks, Ryo confirms to Jamin what type of martial arts he practices, which is Hazuki-style Jiu-Jitsu. It's a unique style created by his father over years of training, and it has been passed down to Ryo, which is quite nice, actually. It's um, Like I say, they skipped ahead a little bit, this was obviously in the game. He'd already told Chamin his style, which then led to him saying, talking about the the Tai Chi stuff. But uh, yeah, it works well that they've they've delayed this moment, mm. and we still get that kind of scene. I think, don't we? Where Chamin looks a bit surprised; he's never heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the streets of Hong Kong now, we see Joy waiting around the corner for Rio. She says she's heard about what's happened between him and Wong, but she thanks Rio for not hurting him. She's curious as to why Rio's in Hong Kong in the first place if he's not a tourist, and Rio says that he's here to learn the truth. Rio says he refuses to accept the law of the land when given a raw deal, something which Joy says he must do earlier in the episode, at least until he accomplishes his goal. And then it flashes up a shot of Landy, oh, which man. is insane, in it, man? We, when when oh. this flashed up, it was like for a second, if you blink, you miss it. 
But I mean, you you could tell us what what's going on in that shot. Dude, map. <laughs> he is sat in the castle in Niawu. Now, whether it's an Easter egg just for us, or whether it leads to something more in terms of storytelling for the anime going forward, I have no idea. But I I, I jumped out of my seat seeing that, and it is one to one with a screenshot of Shenmue Three. It is a hundred percent in Niawu. So, which it wow. begs the question. Like, I was trying to work out. If they're showing that there and then, does that mean that that's where Landy is right now? Because it's not a flashback. It's not like a, a hazy thing. It's like it's it's there and then, and it's it's like he's there. So is that, does that mean that the, the castle, Niao Castle's Landy's base, where he's residing while he's in China? So even though we know he's only just made it to Hong Kong, hence the reason Rio's hot on his tracks, you know, going across to Hong Kong himself. But whilst... He's, he's in China or Hong Kong or whatever. Is, is this where he is? I, I don't know. Well, it's it's a good point. I mean, he has a helicopter to get around, so I'm sure he's all right in terms of getting from Niawu to, to Hong Kowloon Kong if he needs whatever, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kowloon, so. But I, I do wonder whether it's, like I say, just an Easter egg, a nice little touch to make you jump out your seat as a fan, or whether they are going to sort of start exploring the seeds of Shenmue 3 more. We already know they have, because we've seen Bailu yeah. Village and the Shenmue 3 characters, as you said on stream. Yeah, so, exactly. Which then likes the question is, are we going to see Niao Sun? Right. Well, yeah, and will we see Zimming in that because of the comic and, and sort of putting that context together as well? And you, you're, then, you're then building the seeds for a second season, hopefully, and it makes absolute sense to go and do it. But I, that shot, I mean, I, 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 my reaction on stream, I think probably says it more than um, anything else, I think, but that was a hell of a shot. What, one second, second yeah. and a half? And it was if gone. That. Yeah, and it was gone, but it was perfect. But it tells perfect. a story, doesn't it? Yeah. If you've played Shenmue Three to the end, anyway, it, it tells a story in that that one second clip. It's like people that that played the games. Obviously, if you, you're just watching the anime the first time, you've got no context behind this. But if you've played the games, it's like wow. It's like yeah, yeah. You know, just just that every time they use a bit of Shenmue Three source material, like we've seen it early on with Shenfor and by the village talking to actual characters that. You know, you don't see till Shemo three, or we. You know, it took fifteen years, fifteen to eighteen years, to get to these moments, and the chucking it in with Shemo one stuff, chucking it in with Shemo two stuff. It's just, it's just such. You know, it's it is world building at the end of the day. It's like this com- culmination of all three games, <laughs> yeah, harnessed into this adaptation. It's 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 really cool, man. But I mean, if you want to take over from this point, yeah, no. Absolutely. So we've, we've sort of cut off of that with Joy being impressed about Rio's determination. And we come into the final scenes during the credits, which is which is slightly different. Um, I think they... I have no issue with this, I must be said. I know sort of reading some comments on the forums before we went live recording, there are some people a bit unsure about it. I don't mind it. I think if it gives us another minute of story and they need to do yeah. it here and there, do it. As it's long only as a good thing, really, isn't it? Because you've yeah. seen the ending credits well, five or six times at this point, and I don't yeah. know if they're going to continue the style or this is a know. one-off. It, it, could be it, a, it could be. just gives you another minute of actual story, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And Hanhui is at the altar of the temple, at Mamo Temple. Rio enters and recites Gone as one of the four wood. Train yourself each and every day without neglect. Hanhui hears this and realises that Rio has learned about the wood. And then Rio states that he will visit Mamo Temple every day until Master Li Xiaotai will agree to meet with him. Hanhui asks what Ryo wants to achieve in meeting the master, and he confirms that Tao is the only person who can help him find Yuan Dezu. 
Hankui then wanders what Rio wants for Yuanzu, and he touches his plaster while telling Hankui that his father was killed and that Yuanzu uh, may know the truth behind his murder. Li Xiaotao interjects at this point and asks Rio if that is truly what his father would have wished for him, very reminiscent of the games, and, and then observes that Rio will one day be led astray if he continues down the path he's on now. Again, very similar theme to, to the games and the way they played it there. Rio says he wasn't talking to Tao, and that he's talking to Hanhui, but Rhea's rudeness um, irks Hanhui and prompts Li Xiaotao into revealing her identity, that she's the master, or Zhuing is the master, that Rio has been seeking, and Rio is visibly shocked by this information. Obviously, we knew all this, where it was coming from, but yep. Rio obviously had no idea. And then you have the final scenes during the credit. You have the aeroplane passing over Hong Kong, which is very reminiscent of a very shortcut scene as you go up the steps in Wiseman Quarter. If you if you walk up the steps, it'll give you a cutscene with a big aeroplane sort of going over and rear looking up. And I think every now and again you get fighter jets as well. But again, it was a nice little touch. And you've got Cool Z, Sam, Larry, and Wong in the shadows of a dark hideout. They're all facing the man who is currently hidden from view, and they are discussing Rio. The man turns out to be Ren, and who says that Rio is no ordinary tourist and things are about to get interesting. Mm. And it fades to black to end the episode. So we're getting Ren, I think, next episode by the sounds of it. You'd, you'd imagine so for them showing it at, at yeah. that point. Yeah. Which is absolutely. crazy, really. I mean, like you say, they've, they've squeezed so much in that episode, but they've done it in a way that it doesn't feel like they've rushed, rushed it particularly. You know, they've they've gone about the business in a good way you know i keep mentioning it like how they've they've skipped ahead and then gone back and revisited things that you thought they may have skipped over what they hadn't but i mean seeing ren at this point it just makes me think like what are we actually going to get next episode if you know they're going to introduce ren already unless they're just going to perhaps they might show things happening with ren before rio meets him yeah i don't they know could, they could easily I mean, they could easily give Ren a bit more of a backstory. And I think this is where the anime lends itself in that respect to, to doing things like that. I'm, as I said at the, sort of the top of this, at the top of the stream, we, we have nailed 95% of the first disc of Shenmue 2 in one episode. So you, you're leaving, what, seven episodes for the rest of Hong Kong, Kowloon, and potentially even Guilin at this rate. And I'm all for it. The way it. it's going, yeah, they could be going all the way to the end. I know in that Crunchyroll Expo they said most of Shenmue 2, but I, just, I, I could really see them going all the way to the end now, and then that would lend itself to like the, the end as the beginning <laughs> yeah. that they showed in the first episode. So Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, cracking stuff, Matt. So before we move into the rest of the show, we're going to have a quick music break now. So if you remember our Christmas show, I actually use this piece as Matt's quiz timer <laughs> amongst the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music too. So that was that was good fun actually. Might need to do like a, a big bump anime quiz at the end of the show run, perhaps. Christ. If you prefer for that. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that piece of music I'm mentioning is called Chase Wong.
Welcome back. So that was Chase Wong from Shenmue 2's OST. And so, Matt, we've got another short preview of the upcoming episode 7, which is called Future. What did we see in this trailer and what do you actually think future actually means? Well, future, I, I, I don't know. I mean, whether it's sort of a glimpse into how Rio is going to move forward, I, I really don't know. But the trailer again, it's only about 30 seconds. And I'd probably say you don't get very much more than sort of 20 seconds when you have sort of the, the pre-reel and the, the ending reel. But it is Rio sparring with Zhuing, but this is inside the temple rather than outside. And yeah. Rio tries to beat her up using Swallow Dive, which she casually moves out of the way. They they left in the sort of the ghosting that she does in the games, which is a nice touch. And then she grabs him, and I can't remember the name of the move that she uses. She puts her fingers behind his head. Very yeah. the exact same move in the game, behind his ear, and basically said, I wanted to kill you. I'd have done it by mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but it's like something like Yan Shu mm. thingy. It's like a, it's like a the point in the body, isn't it? But it's it's one to one with the game, really. Other than a bit of swallow dive randomly, which they obviously quite <laughs> like. Um, and he announces that he's using the swallow dive. I do think it's being overdone a little bit, but that's yeah. just a minor thing. And then and the rest of it's pretty much one to one to the game, but it's obviously we knew. I think we were gonna we knew we were gonna get that anyway. But they're obviously gonna open the episode with that, and then where we go from there, who knows? Mm, it's gonna be an interesting one. I mean, think about the title. So episode titles so far, they've all kind of had a reason to be titled that. I mean, maybe not so much Daybreak. I, I still don't really. I'm not sure unless I missed something obvious about that one. I can't really think what Daybreak was about. But the rest of them, you know, they've all kind of had, you know, equal last episode was felt mm-hmm. like it was talking about Rio and Guizang because obviously they kick each other at the same time and knock each other out yeah. at the same time. Some of the other episode names, Thunder Strike, was it the first one? Thunderclap. Thunderclap. That's like the lightning as he wowed eyes. Then you've got Daybreak. Then you had, can you remember the other two? Yin Yang. So that makes sense. Like the mirrors, mirror stuff. Shackles kind of made sense with Nozomi being tied mm-hmm. up. So, future, if you are to think about that, I just, I haven't got a clue, man. Unless it's going to show stuff with the house on, <laughs> maybe, I don't, mm. I don't know, or... I mean, I they've shown Ren. Yeah. But there's nothing nothing really future about that, is there? No, think but from the I, game. I, think, I think your theory could well be right, that they sort of go a bit further ahead into what could, Rio could see and expect to see and who's going to be waiting for him and maybe set those seeds for Shenmue 3's content. It would work. Um, it would work. Um, I'm very interested to see where they take that and how they take that forward, actually. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, so any more predictions for next episode? Just, just um, we might get a bit more voodoo. And... I, th- I think they'll do the voodoo, uh, voodoo sort of... They'll integrate it into the, like, each episode, I think, that rather than having the, the section like the games, which is you know, very much a section in itself, I think they will will do it within the anime as as we go, which is fine. Narratively, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We might get a couple of Easter eggs thrown in there. Maybe. Yeah. Lucky hit in the background or something. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it looks like we're on course to meet up with Ren in the next episode. So. Let's wind down a bit with a bit of fun. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know what's coming, guys. So I promise after this week, we're going to go back to the poetry. But for this one, just kind of just came to me. So I thought it would be a little bit of a laugh. 
I mean, at this point, it's less a game and more of me just pissing about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good fun. So, obviously, I'm talking about Jim's Poetry Corner. And the name of this song is called Chawan Saini. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to send you a link, Matt. All right. Oh, my God. It's a hokey-cokey. You <laughs> <laughs> know. I don't know where this came from, by the way. It just It just <laughs> came to me, like the name and the stuff. Okay. <laughs> right, Mike, you ready? Yeah, go for it. You put the left cup up, the third cup down, left up, third down, and then you wait around. You do the chow and signy, then you look around to see what it's all about. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Arse down, cups out. Wait, wait, wait. You put your left cup up, the third cup down. Left up, third down. Try it in every town. You do the chow and signy, then you wait around. And that's what it's all about, everybody now. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Shoulder tap. What was that? Note, note, note. You put your left cup up, the third cup down. Left up, third down, then waste a load of time. You do the chow and signy, then pretend to dine until you get kicked out. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Someone's arm, no false alarm, again, again, again. You try the left coffee shop, the third diner down. Left up, third down, and now we wait around. You do the chow and signy, then it fades to black. Oh, what do we have here now? Oh, it's a cutscene. Whoa, it's a cutscene. Oh, it's a cutscene. A bloke's ass through some glass. Fight, fight, fight. You beat the left thug up. Punch a watermelon down. Left up, right B. We're doing QTEs. No more chow and signy. It's a yuan attack. So that's what it was all about. Oh, oh the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Your one falls down. What a clown. We won, won, won. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Oh, the chow and signy. Cups away. What a day. Let's save, save, save. Don't lose fat. I was creasing Ooh. the entire time. I had to turn my mic off because I was absolutely pissing it. Brilliant. Well done. Fucking hell. I can't believe I nailed that, you know. One take. I'm impressed. One take, man. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Jesus I don't Christ. know if you joined in. I, I did say um, everybody now. I was absolutely creasing up. I, I wouldn't be able to if I wanted to. Oh. Well played. Glad that went well. I could do next week. Yeah, I could do. <laughs> okay, Matt. 
let's move swiftly into the news section for this episode. So you can talk for a bit now, Matt. What was going on with this four gamer interview thing that we might have seen on Twitter regarding Yu Suzuki? Yes, so Yu Suzuki did an interview with 4Gamer uh, over the weekend to celebrate the release of the Outrun 1UP cabinet. Uh, it's a stand-up Outrun cab uh, made by a company called 1UP. Uh, you can get, they do all sorts of um, other cabinets like Pac-Man. I think they've done Turtles. They may have done Mortal Kombat as well. Uh, uses emulation, I, I believe. Anyway, they're quite popular, especially in you know, some people's games rooms, etc. And they were, they were talking about the release of Outrun on that and sort of celebrating that. And there was a little bit of conversation around Shenmue 3. Still want to do Shenmue 4 if he gets the opportunity. But the most interesting thing that came out of this, and this was done by via Google Translate, and I believe Switch has since translated this, so I'd have to see what he was saying on it in terms of the accurate translation, is that Yu Suzuki said he hopes to have games or a game to announce this year. Now, mm. I, d- I don't know what that could be. I know something's keeping a lot on it. Why isn't it? I've been saying this for, for a long, long time. Is it Shenmue 4? It's not beyond the rounds of possibility. Is it another project from Wisenet? Again, it could be that as well. I'm I'm just being a cautious Shenmue fan. I don't want to get swept up in the hype just yet. I want to be pleasantly surprised. But Wisenet's doing something. And I've, uh, they are they are working, guys. So we'll just see what comes out of it. But it's good to see that he's he's obviously out in the press and and, and talking to people as well. Uh, and Wisenet obviously seems quite healthy at the moment. And Yu Suzuki looks good in himself as well. The anime is doing really well. The stars could well align on this. Um, but I, I just urge a little bit of caution. Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, we, Fingers we crossed. hope so. I know he's already mentioned this. Was it the start of the new year yeah. sort of survey thing? You mentioned yeah, yeah. something being announced this year, but you know, we're a few months in and something's still being announced. You know, it's. I know he did have a VR thing at one point a few years back that seems mm. to have gone under the radar. So whatever this is at the moment hasn't gone under the radar yet so hopefully we will see something show the light of day soon anyway yeah i mean we're already like a third not a third are we a third about a quarter through the year aren't we so far so yeah roughly we'll see how things pan out so next up i don't know if you actually covered them i'd have to go back and check from the very start maybe like the first episode or perhaps the um you know we did a we did do an episode when we got the trailers for the anime and yeah. we, we we went on the website and I think checks, checked out some of the website. I don't know. So I don't know if we did it for the original cast. We might have done actually we, think we, about we it. We did. We did it for the original cast. Yeah. Okay. Brill, brill, brill. So we've had, obviously now we're into the Shenmue 2 aspect of the series. They've updated the Shenmue anime website, which you can go. I'll probably chuck the link in the description there. If you want to click and check that out, you might not have checked that recently anyway at least but they've added some new character profiles and obviously these are for the japanese actors they've all written messages so we're going to read them right now so we've got joy who is someone called mao i don't know if is that must be first middle and third name or surname rather so like, like, yeah i don't know just just for an example like megumi Mm. antoinette Osama, I don't know. But anyway, so my name is MAO, and I will be playing the role of Joy in Shenmue the Animation. I am very happy to be able to participate in a work that has been loved for so long. Joy is a cool character with a big sisterly disposition, and I found her very charming in the way that she takes a liking to Ryohazuki at first sight and pokes her nose into his business. At the recording, I did my best to convey the charm of Joy, who is both strength and kindness. I hope you all look forward to the start of the anime's release. And I 
didn't mention it, but this is obviously this is uh, Switch again from Phantom Riverstone. He's translated these. Indeed. So, um, yeah, that's why they're very, very accurate. Next up, we've got Wing Ren, who is cast by Osamu Taira. Yeah, that's uh, well played. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So my name is Osamu Taira, and following on from the game Shemu 3, I will be again taking up the role of Wing Ren. So he must be the guy that played Ren mm-hmm. in the Japanese dub, so that's that's nice to see. After my recording for Shemu 3 was over, I was still thinking about Ren every day, and then I was approached about the anime adaptation. Playing as Ren, someone who's not a straightforward character is challenging, and many people, including Mr. Matsukazi, the voice actor of Ryo Hazuki, and the director, helped me. I, too, am looking forward to seeing Shemu the animation into which the staff and cast have poured our hearts. That's nice to hear. Mm. I, I don't know, going back to the MAO woman, if did she do the phone conversation in Shemu 3? It was like... I have no idea. I'd have to mm. go and have a look. I would assume she would have mentioned it, so probably not. But as far as the Japanese side of things goes, they are kind of recasting the, the, the actual Japanese game actors, aren't they? Which is, I mean, it's always nice to see. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely for sure. Or at least the ones that featured in Shemu 3, perhaps, I guess. So next up, we've got a message from Takahiro Sumi, who is the voice of Donu in the series. We haven't actually seen Donu yet, but I'm assuming we will do soon. So he says, my name is Takahiro Sumi, and I will be playing the role of Donu. I'm very honoured to be involved in this big title that will leave its mark in video game history. As his name, the characters which mean bullfight, implies Donu is like a wild and ferocious bull and a formidable enemy. Didn't know that, actually. Didn't know that that. Donu meant bullfight. That's interesting. Because he kind of does that. He does that charging like a bull, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I did my best to play this role so as to make him a huge obstacle standing in the way of Ryo and his friend's story. So please look forward to seeing how their epic battle will end. And the final character we got is Wong, who has been played by Shota Hayama. And this says, I play the role of Wong, who appears from the Hong Kong section. He loves Ryo and Ren as if they are his older brothers. And despite still being a child, his bravery in going along together with Joy inspired me when I read the script. The scene I remembered most vividly is when he and Joy make their escape on a motorcycle. Mm. Mm, so that's something to come. It was a tense scene, but I really enjoyed the banter with MAO, as if we were siblings. I hope everyone will enjoy my performance as I strive to portray both a Wong who tries to fight against the injustice of the world, as well as his mysterious side. Very good. So what do you think the escape on the motorbike will be then? I wonder if it's the Yellowhead building. So yeah, yeah. I, I suppose she does have a bike in Kowloon, doesn't yeah. she? So it's... Rio, Rio saves them, they leg it, and they get off the bike, possibly. Just just guessing right now. Because I'm thinking there's not really a threat to Wong in Hong no, Kong, is there? not Back really. Not really. So yeah, if you want to check those out again, they are on phantomriverstone.com. So this was all stemmed from an update to, like I say, the Shemu underscore anime dot JP website, which gave us not only those new character bios, but we also got a release date for Japan, which is, it's just got a date of April. So I don't know what day in April. No. I mean, it's, it's quite close. So I would have assumed they should know that by now, right? I imagine they have some idea and they, they were going to say that like, the streaming options, etc., are going to be announced very soon because you can't get Crunchyroll in Japan, apparently. So, yeah, it's obviously it's coming soon in Japan. It's, it's weird that we got it first. I'm not complaining that we got it first, but it's weird that we got it first. Um, but I'm, I'm glad they can join the party because they're going to be in for a hell of a ride. Yeah, and also, whilst it's weird they 
you know, we got it first. It's weird that they're getting it before the show runs finished. Mm. So, which then leads to the question: Is it going to be released fully in Japan while we're still waiting weekly? It could be. They could release it all up to the point. I mean, it depends when they release it. Because by my calculation, the last episode of the run here would be the first of May. If my if I'm right, and I could be wrong on that because I've just done it very quickly in my head. So. Mm you would think any time in April we could be sort of, you know, anywhere between sort of episode nine to episode 13 at that point. So mm. they... so it could be like very late April of the plan. Yeah, it could, it could Maybe be like the same release date as episode 13, perhaps. Mm. So we get episode 13, they get the whole series show run yeah. in one chunk, perhaps mm. that could work. That makes sense. Doesn't it? When you think about it, because I'm thinking they're probably not going to be weekly. So, in a sense, if they did get it at the start of April, they'd be ahead if they get the show run, complete show run. Yeah, they would. I don't know if they'd do that because of leaks and Which, stuff. Yeah, and that might be a struggle for us. And obviously, it's going to be Japanese with Japanese subs, not, yeah. not English at all. So I don't know. That's one to look out for anyway, uh, especially I don't know if you're a Japanese listener listening to us and you didn't know that news <laughs> and we just give you the news there i don't know but along with that news there's also the news that the opening track and the ending theme are being released well digitally right matt yeah that's correct so first off undead noid um by kashirio ito is going to be released on the 18th of march across spotify apple music deezer and you can also buy it to keep off of the itunes store i do think it's sometimes, I think, difficult to get music from the Japanese iTunes store because I think it's quite tight in their localization. But Spotify, I imagine, would work. It allows you to pre-add it into your playlists um, already, so hopefully it'll work. And then on the 25th of March, uh, Narudora's Symphony will release again on the same platforms. So this is the start, I think, of the merchandise. This is the start mm. of, hopefully, the soundtrack the T-shirts, the statues, the Blu-ray and DVDs and everything else that I hope they do. Um, so keep an eye on this, this sort of page here. And actually, the they put a new piece of artwork in here, which is the warehouse from from one of the har- in the harbour, which is quite a nice shot as well. So again, I think they're slowly starting to ramp this stuff up. Yeah, so what Matt's saying there is on the website, I mean, it was greyed out It was the other yeah. day when I checked, but now there is a, you can actually click on products and... At least at the moment, these two singles are part of the products here. So whether or not we're going to be seeing some actual physical merchandise soon at some point. Well, fingers yeah. crossed. The only thing you can't click on at the moment is special on the page. And I don't know what the hell that's going to be. Mm, we'll I wonder if that's out. going to be after the show's finished, yeah, perhaps. possibly. Possibly special edition. Shenmue 4. Mm. <laughs> <Who> <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Or some behind-the-scenes stuff, perhaps, yeah. after it's finished. But I'm thinking perhaps like when... It's actually released in Japan. They might start releasing products. I don't know. Uh, that's just me thinking. Like it would be strange to like start doing loads of things before mm. it even hits Japan. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yep. So moving on. Next up, I should have spoke about it last week actually because it was more relevant last week. But it's still relevant if you're interested in this. So this is Super Pass. Uh, there was an update. I think it was one point seven. It does ring a bell. Um, does ring a bell. I mean, I should know that because obviously I'm working <laughs> with Switch on that to um, kind of keep restoring certain aspects from Shemu One's original Passport disc. We 
kind of got it quite quite good at the moment. I think I'd probably say we're about 90% of all the original content there is accessible on Superpass now. So if you ever experienced the Passport disc from Shenmue 1 on your Dreamcast when you connected to, to the internet on your, your modem there and uh, you've got a bit of a nostalgia towards that kind of aspect, go on to superpass.com. Download the latest update, which includes some extra stuff in the theatre area. So we're going above and beyond, really. So now in the theatre aspect on the Passport disc, back on the Dreamcast days, we're getting videos, cutscenes, basically clips from the game as you play through it. And I think I remember you saying, Matt, that you you were always like one short for some reason or a couple yeah. short question mark things. So they're all there. You can unlock them as you go along. But we've also added a couple of new tabs at the top now, one for anime and one for what Shemu, like beta footage. You can also find the Saturn Shemu footage on that tab, which is quite cool. We're hoping to expand that with some more beta footage of the games essentially. But the anime tab's quite useful, especially for people listening to the show. So if you're ever curious about previews or videos that you may not have noticed on YouTube or on the Shemu Dojo channel itself. They're all collected there on Superpass. We're not showing actual episodes, of course, just these publicly available preview clips. So you'll be able to find probably, as you're listening to this, the Episode 7 Future preview is available on Superpass to watch there. And uh, yeah, so just just check out the app in general because there's loads of stuff on there, especially if you're an avid fan of Shemu 1. There's lots of character bios place bios music and uh, just loads of content so yeah give it a check check it out uh, moving on by the time you're listening to this there's probably about 10 days left i'd say the kickstart of shemu world issue 2 so make sure if you're planning to back that you go and do so and potentially as you're hearing this there may be some new issue 1 and 2 packs on there i'm trying my best to try and collect another 50 packs that we can we can put on there for people that may have missed out on issue one. I've been I've probably got ten people so far asking if we can do a reprint. So obviously ten people is not enough to do a full on reprint, <laughs> but we do have some stock of the first issue. I just didn't have like stock of the extras, so I've ordered some extra sticker sheets from the first issue pack. So hopefully I can make that up now and make another fifty packs there. So if you're interested, you missed out on issue one, go check that out as you're hearing this probably, or just back issue two if you you already got issue one. And like I say, you've probably got 10 days left, so I don't know if you'll hear this again. You'll probably hear it one more time, thinking about it. Um, but other than that, Matt, you teased interviews last week. Are you any further on that, do you reckon? Do you reckon by this listening, you might have released one potentially? Well, potentially. Um, I did, I think, well... As of recording this, it would have been yesterday, I interviewed Adam Scipioni, from, who is the creator of uh, A Gamer's Journey, The Definitive History of Shenmue, the Kickstarter documentary, um, which is now finally nearing its conclusion. I can't wait to watch that. Adam sat down with me for about an hour. Um, it's all edited, uh, ready to go. So you may already have heard this by the time you listen to it. We've got to work out when to release it. <laughs> But yeah, that that was a cracking interview. Adam was was really good to have on. I was, and I've been sort of waiting to get him on for months. And now that the project's sort of coming to an end, I think it was good for him to get on, talk through the project, talk through the difficulties they had, some of the good stuff around it, and and, and what's going to happen in terms of the um, Kickstarter distribution. Which, if you haven't listened to this or it hasn't been released, Kickstarter backers are going to get a link 
with the digital copy of it before the physical discs turn up because they want to get the get the documentary out to you as soon as possible so just watch this space on that one mm-hmm. otherwise i've got a couple of anime voice actors from the english dub lined up i'm doing one in a week's time um just before we stream actually so that's going to be a tight <laughs> tight squeeze on sunday when i do that one and i've also got the voice of another what i probably one of the more divisive characters um in shenmue yobro anyone <laughs> I've got his English voice actor as well, which I'm recording at the end of the month. Very good, man. So, yeah, some good interviews there. And I will say, I think it's testament now to Adam. Like, we're obviously very close with the documentary, the really scenes. I noticed he also did a, a bit of a chat and interview with the, the Megavisions guys as well. Did, so, yes. yeah, it's very much on the cards now. Moving forward, you can expect that very soon. So that's very, very exciting. And then other than that, you just got your typical blog posts and everything you'd expect within a week of Shemu Dojo at the moment. <laughs> Cranking that content out for you all. Hope you're all lapping it up and enjoying it. But we're going to delve quickly into some forum posts on last week's episode, Matt, just to round off the show. Yep, let's do it. I'll start with the first one. So this is from Tomato Convenience Store, who says, I loved it. I think the cliffhanger from episode four into the 71 battle in episode five paid off pretty well. I do like the subtle changes like Guizang going along with the plan to fake being knocked out. It makes more sense that they're able to continue on with the 71 battle afterwards. Mark driving the forklift throughout the hideout was a bit cheesy, but I definitely embraced that stuff every now and again. Agreed with the sentiment that they did a great job narrowing the focus to a few side characters so that it would pay off this episode. I think that the very end of the episode shows that Rio's focus is starting to turn towards revenge. Landy in brackets his butt. Perhaps he was keeping those thoughts hidden this whole time, and finding out the truth was a way he reframed his intentions to his loved ones. Or it's possible both are true, and his need for revenge started to bubble to the surface once the reality hit that he's getting close to finding Landy. And Rio's last sentence to Master Chen shows again that he can speak Chinese, so there's a way to resolve the Shemu 2's plot hole, which we mentioned earlier. So poor Nozomi, I also meant to mention that it seems Nozomi planned to stay in Yokosuka, but she decided against it since she overheard that Rio was heading to Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a few things in there. I will say, what was it? The the revenge thing. He still not really said it though. Even in this episode, he was saying about the, figuring out the truth. Yeah, but I think he's becoming more narrow-minded through it. So I think vengeance is feeds into it in a different light. I I don't quite know where not being as explicit around revenge. I don't mind it. It's fine because um, the premise is is nigh on identical. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I think he's becoming more more narrow-minded, more focused on what happened to his father and will sort of forego anybody else around him, quite frankly. Mm. So it's, 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 it's getting there in that respect. So we come on to Landy Sama, who says, I'm curious about how Rio's relationship with Ewing will play out when so much of it revolved around Rio's desire for revenge clouding his judgment. And we are starting to see some of that now. I'd love to see the entire Wood arc in play, which I think we're going to see some. But after five episodes, Rio hasn't mentioned revenge once. This is a pretty significant change to the core of the story. Perhaps the second arc will touch on this more. And I actually, after watching tonight's episode, I would say it is starting to, but without sort of mentioning it explicitly. Yeah, unless you're going to get that moment where Shuing's saying to like, you know, all you've got on your mind, Rio, bloody hell, all you've got on your mind is the truth, the truth, mm. the truth, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of revenge, it's like the truth. Mm. You need to like clear your mind like a polished mirror, get rid of this truth aspect. 
start focusing. Riohazuki84 says, I'll keep this short and sweet. What this episode really does is really drive home the theme of keep friends and those you love close to you, which I think you mentioned last week, actually, Matt, which is quite yeah. cool when we were talking about Mark, Goro, Nozomi, Mai, like all teaming up kind of. It was um, pretty cool. Isn't yeah. It? Like say that quote. It works really well. It comes into Obi Friends, who I know have tuned into our streams. So thank you for dropping into the streams. And I know you drop in to listen to the podcast, etc. So thank you again. Uh, what a ride. Aside from some nitpicks, both this episode and season one arc have turned out so much better than I could have ever hoped for. Sticking to this episode for now, my favourite moment was really saying farewell to Ine-san and Fuku-san. For a hot second, the editing of the episode made me think they skipped past it. So I was happy to see him back at the dojo. Uh, the Captain Planet hang shake they did was really touching. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. Yeah, where well, they all stuck the hands together. Yeah. Mm. And I think it had a profound impact on Rio. You can see him looking at his hand as he's walking away. The 70-man battle was awesome, and I liked the resolution to saving Azomi. I think the Guizang Chen stuff has been particularly well done, especially in this episode. Nitpicks, no Tom. They'd have spent one minute establishing him in the harbour. He could have helped save Nozomi. I can see the point there. Um, yep. it, it was a bit of a throwaway in the end. I can see why that you know, certain people would, or people would, you know, think that's a bit. They could have got him in a bit more, but it is what it is. I think it would have fit if they cut out one or two of the prophecy scenes. Uh, the Nozomi farewell was well done, but the game did a fair be- better job here. Yeah, I, I think they do an equally good job, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I feel the anime nailed every other aspect of Nozomi a bit better, and I cannot wait for the Shenmue 2 parts. Which leads us into Tarabiti, who says, Just watching this fantastic episode and loved it. Some great aspects to the side characters in Garo and his missus, Mai Chan, were great. She is badass. I thought Tom was on the search for his brother in the Mad Angels. It's like they completely forgot this and could have had him find his brother amongst the 70-man brawl. I wonder if he means Mark. He does, I think he does mean Mark, yeah. actually, yeah. I wish they'd have put Shenmue into six episodes, but overall it was great and can't wait for Shenmue 2. Oh, yes, and Nozomi is amazing in this anime. I love their relationship. I thought he had showed more affection in the anime at first, but he ended up not saying bye in an affectionate way, which was in keeping with the game. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, and I th- again, I think it's the first... Again, it's like it's the seeds being sown for Rio being hell bent on his quest, yeah. and that's just going to come more and more as we go through Shenmue Two. Kazlab two zero eight says, liking the differences in the story they are making, such as Goro, Maya, Mark being involved in the Zomi's rescue. Hope they include more of these changes in their ad- adaptation of Hong Kong. I'm really hoping the next episode covers the missing boat chapter that's cut from the game. I think, unfortunately, I am. Um, we said this after the chai fight. We didn't think it happened. I'm gutted it didn't happen because I think they could have just done it on the boat um, and had like Guizong get hurt for the 70 man battle. I get it because it follows the games, but it would have been nice. Yeah, or well, they could have just hinted at it at least, like you said. I yeah. think you know, seeing the little lady and the girl, and then they could have done like just five stills. Yeah, you know, like, this is what happened, kind of thing. But it doesn't matter. Like I say, we never saw it in the first place, so. It's mainly just a fan service thing that's a little bit disappointing there, but it's cool. Um, I'm okay with it. Um, Hazuki00 says, I have loved every episode and this one wasn't going to be less. I liked that they gave Nozomi more protagonism, don't know if that's a word, than in the game. However, I missed some moments from the game that weren't in the anime, like Tom teaching me the tornado kick to Ryo. I didn't like the rearrange of Nozomi being saved by Garo, 
Mai and Mark. I prefer her to be saved by Ryo as in the game. Obviously, they can't put every scene from the game because that would make the anime much longer, but as I said, they didn't include important moments in my opinion. I know that it's a Japanese culture thing, but I'd have given a strong hug to Nozomi if I were Ryo when he runned into her in the park. It's an amazing anime overall. I hope it has the success it deserves. And I think it does so far. Right, yeah. I, th- I think it's 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 doing well enough at the moment anyway. Well, yeah, and it's trending on Twitter every week, and the ratings across IMDb etc are really good. Um, I, and I keep banging on about this: get out and rate it, uh, um, wherever you are, because it's just going to help get that message out there. Mm-hmm. And the last one is Miles Prower. Uh, guys, this is so damn good. Easily my favourite episode so far. I loved how they utilised the supporting characters. I think this episode actually made, made me prefer the anime version of Nozomi over her game counterpart. Um, and he goes more into it in his blog post. And actually, I would probably agree on the whole. I think she's a better rounded character in the anime than she is the game. Not that I dislike the game Nozomi, but I think the anime one's better. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sceptical about how they could wrap up Yokosuka uh, in just this one episode, but I think it was master- done masterfully well. Cannot wait for next week in Hong Kong. As others may have said, I'm curious as to how they handle Rio and Yuin's dynamic, given anime really doesn't seem so focused on getting revenge. Perhaps she'll simply try to warn him it is a dangerous quest regardless. And I think they've sort of, again, touched on his his single-mindedness clouding his judgment of what's in front of him. I do wonder if they'll start again sort of going around the whole thing, clouding his judgment and the and the path, the wrong path that he'll go on. But otherwise, I think I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out in, in episode seven, which we'll have next week. Yeah, as am I, man. So that's a wrap. Join us again at the same time next week for another episode breakdown. And of course... Join us as we watch the latest anime episodes blind on Twitch and YouTube every Sunday at 8pm. So enjoy Harbour Hotel from Shenmue 3's OST, which might be more familiar to you from Shenmue 2. Someone we might actually see next week, perhaps. (coughs) Fang me. (laughs) Have a good weekend, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. Look at the time.